0: Good morning everybody how's it going hope you've got your your coffee and uh, you're ready to go on this beautiful resurrection Sunday right um, drinking in my city on a hill coffee mug that I got from a good friend Jeremy Burke uh, from city on the from the city on the hill community in uh, San Antonio Texas so thanks Jeremy but yeah awesome cup Drinking some good coffee, hanging out on this Easter Sunday. Uh, if it's your first time hanging out with us, I want to say welcome. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, once you uh, start hanging out with us, you're part of our family. You're you're one of us. You're you're part of the hope community. And uh, uh, as you uh, hear some of the things that we talk about, uh, and uh, maybe even make them a part of your discussions with your neighbors and your family. Guess what? You're doing hope community. That's what well, that's where we're at, right? It's been it's it's been a year. We've been doing this online for a year now, uh, and we've seen awesome connections and growth and and uh, relationships build across borders and across state lines, and and we've grown. We've moved beyond four walls, beyond a central location, and we've connected, and And you're a part of that. So thank you for hanging out with us, and if you could, hit the like button, uh, hit the share button. Let's get this message out as, as far as we possibly can. Uh, let's let people know uh this message of hope. Um so speaking of Easter, uh we're uh we're going to uh just take some time to to read uh from John's Gospel uh the the story of the resurrection. We're going to take some time meditating in prayer and breathing and just kind of focusing in on this day because this is kind of what I've realized. Um Easter has become this huge event. Um, And that's not a knock on anybody doing anything special today. I know churches that are doing three or four, maybe even five services today. They've got big, huge (laughs) extravaganzas planned. Uh, And there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, some of the conversations that I've been having with folks that are are preparing for today and all this is that they're worn out. They're like, they can't wait for this to end. They can't wait for it to just stop. Um, I talked to a dude the other day who uh, is a part of a worship team and he, he they, like, they've been practicing like crazy all week for their two or three services that they're going to have. And like literally not going to be able to spend any time with their family at all on a day that's supposed to be reserved for resurrection life. And so as I thought about some of those things, I was like, what? What are we doing? What's going on? And this, like I said, it's not a knock against anybody doing anything special today. Um, it's really just maybe an inward check in our heart. Like even I myself am having this inward check on myself because all this week I have dealt with uh, anxiety and stress and even, even some shame because, you know, what are we going to do for Easter? What are we going to put together? What big thing are we going to do? How are we going to draw the masses? And in the last couple of days, I've just felt like, is that really what this is all about? Do I really have to do all these things to experience life? And it really made me start to think, maybe we're missing this. Maybe we don't quite understand. Or maybe we did and we kind of forgot because, you know, it feels good to do Things It feels good to, like, serve in different aspects, but there comes a point when that service replaces life and love and connection and becomes a burden and becomes painful and eventually, you know, turns into trauma and hurt and pain. I, 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 you probably have seen the statistic where um, for the first time ever. Church membership has dropped below 50% in the West. And we have to start asking ourselves these questions, like, what's going on? And it's easy to point fingers and judge and say, well, people have lost their faith, and people don't love Jesus anymore, or people are walking away. And I don't know if that's it. I think people are actually waking up and going, "Um, I think the system that we've been a part of, the church, so to speak, has really left Jesus. And so people are leaving to find the Jesus that they've always been talk, told about. The one that loves the poor and the broken, the downhearted. The one that um, will go an extra mile and, and give the cloak off their back. The one that is there for those that are hurting. I think that's what's happening. And so it's a wake-up call to us. and And there's nothing like resurrection morning to wake up and begin to look inwardly and see like, okay... How do I wake up to this resurrection life? And how do I move forward in this hope? How do I move beyond just service and sacrifice and all these things that have been put on top of me forever that make me feel like this is what I have to do to achieve anything and get back to the actual message of Christ which says, hey, you ain't got to do nothing. All you have to do is be you. And if you want to know who you are, Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. The mirror is Christ. Look in Christ and see the real you. Okay? So we're going to start today with uh, just a prayer to breathe. And really, it's just a collection of scriptures that have been put together in prayer form. But I, what I want you to do is just take a moment uh, and reflect inwardly. Find that place where you connect to Christ. That place where you 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 just, you know, when you get by yourself or where you're... Uh, You begin that that reflection where you start seeing things and start seeing who you really are, and and, and you start reflecting. I want you to get to that place and just take a few moments and just breathe in and breathe out. It's okay. I know a lot of us have a lot of crazy plans for the day. You know, you might have egg hunts with your family, you might have a big dinner planned, and all that's great. But can we just take a few moments just to chill and connect? with life today I think it will help you enjoy the day more alright so here we go taking a deep breath humble and gentle one you are the rest for my soul true vine and gardener I abide in you big breath Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Be still and know that you are God. On earth, as it is in heaven, your grace is enough for me. Breathe in. There is no fear in your love. I will not be afraid, for you are with me. You are our refuge and our strength. Both day and night belong to you. Big breath. I find rest in your shelter. You surround me with love and tender mercies, you fill my life with good tidings peace of Christ guard my heart and my mind. Amen. So let's kind of dig in. I talked a little bit last night, if you saw the quick uh, video that I posted, I talked about how we're going to talk about deconstructing Easter. How basically we're going to just begin to deconstruct all the the extra things that we've tried to build on top of this message and just get down to the life and the root of it. So I thought the best way to do that is to start in the Gospel of John and just read the story, okay? And so I'm going to read from uh, the New New Testament. We're going to look at the Gospel of John, starting with chapter 20, and we're going to start in verse 1. All right, you ready? Okay, here we go. On the first day of the week, early in the morning, while it was still dark, Mary of Magdala went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed. So she came running to Simon Peter and to the other disciples, whom Jesus loved, and said to them, "They have taken away the master, they have taken away the Master out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him." So Peter started off with that other disciple, and they went to the tomb. The two began rushing together, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter, and he reached the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw that the linen wrappings lying there, but did not go in. Presently, Simon Peter came following behind him and went into the tomb, and he looked at the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the wrappings, but rolled up on one side separately. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, went inside too, and he saw for himself and believed, for they did not understand the writing, which says that Jesus must rise again from the dead. The disciples then returned to their companions. Meanwhile, Mary was standing close outside the tomb, weeping. Still weeping, she leaned forward into the tomb and saw two angels clothed in white sitting there where the body of Jesus had been lying, one where the head and the other was where the feet had been. Why are you weeping? Asked the angels. They have taken my master away, she answered, and I do not know where they have laid him. After saying this, she turned around and looked at Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. "'Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking?' he asked. Supposing him to be a gardener, Mary answered, "'If it was you, sir, who carried him away, tell me, where have you laid him, and I will take him away myself?' "'Mary!' Jesus said. And she turned around and exclaimed in Hebrew, "'Rabboni,' which is to say, "'Teacher.'" Do not touch me, Jesus said, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and their Father, my God and their God. Mary of Magdala went and told the disciples that she had seen the Master and that he had said this to her. In the evening of the same day, the first day of the week, after the doors of the room in which his followers were, were, had been shut because they were afraid of the Judeans, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After which he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were filled with joy when they saw the master. Again Jesus said to them, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they have been forgiven. And if you retain them, they have been retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. And so the rest of his followers, followers said to him, We have seen the master. Unless I see the marks and nails in his hands, he exclaimed, and put my finger into the marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, the disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. And after the doors had been shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Place your finger here and look at my hands and place your hand here and put it into my side and do not refuse to trust, but believe. And Thomas exclaimed, My master and my God. Is it because you have seen that you have believed? Said Jesus, blessed are they who have not seen, yet have trusted. And there are many other signs that Jesus gave in the presence of his followers, which are not recorded in this book. But these have been recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the anointed one, the son of God, and that in your believing, you may have life through his name. So here's this beautiful chapter in the gospel of John that speaks of the resurrection story. And you see Mary... And in another gospel, there's a couple other uh, ladies that go with her. Uh, Mary, the mother Jesus, and I'm forgetting the other lady's name. Uh, But they go and find the tomb is empty. And so, of course, wigged out, they go back and find the disciples. Then, two of the disciples come back with Mary, and they're looking around. They don't see him. John believes go back to talk to the other disciples, but Mary stays. Mary has this encounter with two angels that says, why are you weeping? He's not here. And She's like, where is he? And then she turns around and sees Jesus but doesn't know it's Jesus until he says her name. And that's this beautiful message here in the resurrection is that Christ is actually calling our name to life. There's been some things that Have needed to die. There's been some things that need to be let go of. There's some things that need to pass. But there's new life for us. And Christ is calling your name for you to step into that. You know, on Friday was Good Friday, right? But it wasn't really good. But Good Friday. um, That's when empire and institutions, systems broken things, things that man had created to try to replace relationship and connection with God crucifies Jesus. Their bloodlust crucified Jesus. And he stood in our place. The things that we created to replace God, systems, empires, structures, those things that were broken, so broken that they break other people, crying out for blood and Jesus stood in our place all the junk all the stuff that we created he stood in our place and he took it and then three days later he raises from the dead and I know that's kind of weird maybe if you're listening and you're like I don't know if that's true or not I'm uh, not I get it that's a hard pill to swallow but can I tell you something it's okay for there to be mystery and i'm going to use a word you're pro- some people are not probably not going to like but there's okay for there to be mystery and magic and stuff sometimes we get so serious and so bogged down with statistics and all these things but we forget that even science sometimes is just figuring out the magic of what happened and that's the mystery of the resurrection it's so mysterious and magical, that it's powerful, that it can bring life to you in this moment. Because let's admit it, there's 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 stuff that we've created in our life, structures, even, even our own little empire systems, setups we've created that are broken, out of our brokenness, that... Not only do they hurt us, but they even hurt other people, and those things need to pass. they need to die, they need to go away and Christ showed us that he conquered death so you can overcome those things that you've built in your life those broken things broken out of uh you know maybe stuff that you've experienced it could be you've 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 done it out of your own you know, gumption or whatever. Or maybe it's because other people hurt you and you just repeated the process. Those systems that have built up. Those empires that you built. Christ shows us that he died in your stead. Like those things that you built, it's crying out for blood. It wants to take you out. the the, quote-unquote sin that you've created wants to take you out it leads to death and christ says no listen i took your place and i give you life he's saying your name just like the very first apostle the very first uh giver of the good news mary that's right mary A woman was the first giver of the gospel. What a beautiful part of the story of the resurrection. Mary is the first giver of the gospel. He has risen. She hears her name and things begin to shift and change. And her heart opens. And she becomes a, a, a... just so overwhelmed with this good news of life that she shares it she go back goes back and shares it with the the other disciples and there's this beautiful story and I was reminded of it uh, my wife sent me a post by Megan Waterson who wrote the book Mary Magdalene Revealed which we kind of talked about a few months ago when we were doing the dwelling she tells this story about Mary that's part of orthodox or eastern orthodox tradition where uh, Mary winds up at a feast or a dinner and Caesar, I think it's Tiberius, Caesar is there. And they wind up in a conversation with a, uh, with a group of other nobles and other people. And she's telling the story of the resurrection. And Caesar says to her, well, that's, if that was true, then this egg would turn red. And Mary reached down and grabbed the egg and held it up to him, and it turned red. Now, once again, it's Eastern Orthodox tradition. There's a little bit of magic and mystery to that, and we could sit and analyze and, and go crazy on that. But to me, it's this story of just how beautiful this resurrection story is, that Mary would go the length to attempt to hold that up to that Caesar and it would turn red. It actually becomes part of our tradition of why we have Easter eggs or resurrection eggs. Um, That's why the church has been doing that for a long time. If you go back and look at our history, you'll see paintings and pictures of eggs. It's because it's part of the resurrection story. The crazy interesting thing is, if you want to get real deep into history and study this stuff out, is that Easter eggs... And bunnies have been a part of this time frame in history for as far back as we can go in human history. Why? Because life always springs forth in this season. I talked to you two or three weeks ago that it's a that it's around the spring equinox that they that uh, Jewish tradition holds that that's when everything was created that that's when life began and they and that human beings have been celebrating that life beginning at that time frame forever and it just so happens that rabbits and eggs were a part of that story and so then come along you know years later when we get to the Christ tradition and the resurrection and then later with this story with Mary those eggs pop up again. Human beings have been celebrating life since the beginning. And we recognize that there's something special when it comes to new life and renewal. And so when Christ explodes on the scene, it takes it to a whole other level. That not only is there renewal and life, but he conquered death. (laughs) He conquered death. And so this beautiful story where he connects with Mary and Mary hears this. And then later on in her life, when you walk through and you see her tradition and you see the things that she did and how she didn't stop sharing this message and how far it went. It's 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 insane how it grabbed a hold of her and she kept sharing this renewal story. It did the same with the other disciples. And then, you know, we have this story of Thomas kind of lumped in at the end of this chapter who the disciple who wasn't there when Jesus showed up the first time he doesn't believe and he's like I'm not going to believe until I stick my finger in his side and 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 my finger in his hands where the where the scars is a week later Jesus shows up and even for the doubting dude in the room Jesus doesn't shame him or shun him he says hey look check it out see the scars it's me, Thomas, and this life is for you as well. I conquered death for you as well. That's the beautiful part of this story is like you don't have to have the biggest faith at all moments. You can have times when you're doubting. You can have times when you walk through the dark, so to speak. That doesn't make you less It doesn't make you farther away. As a matter of fact, it might make you closer. (laughs) Because you're looking and you're asking. You're open to the new. And so, when we look at the resurrection, here's the thing. The resurrection is the promise that Christ is with us Here and now. That's the promise. He's right here right now with you. With me. He's present. He's not far away. But he's present. Second. Death has been conquered. It's the story of resurrection. Death has been conquered. It's been overcome. By eternal life and that eternal life is yours now it's not somewhere waiting off in the distance it's you have that life now so we don't need to be afraid we don't need to be uh, worried but we need to walk in the f- refreshing life of christ now he's present he conquered death and you have eternal life and here's the third thing the resurrection of jesus shows us the value of all life. Not just some life. Not just this particular group or that particular group. The resurrection shows us that all life is valued. That, it, that, that humanity is loved and valued beyond measure. And what God said at the beginning when everything was created, that humanity was good It is echoed through the resurrection and revealed to us this day. He conquered death to show us that. It isn't Jesus that's trying to tell us that we're far away or that we're not good or that we're not valued. The thing that tries to tell us that we aren't is the things that we create. Systems, regulations, empires, those things that we create, those things that had such a bloodlust that they cried out for something, that Jesus stood in, stood in our place and said, no empire, no structure, no system, nothing that has been created to bring about shame and hurt and brokenness. No. I'll stand in humanity's place. I'll stand in creation's place. I'll stand in life's place. I'll do it. I'll conquer it. You don't win. And so now on the other side of the resurrection, what is it that tries to continue to preach death and tries to continue to preach shame and tries to continue to tell humanity and all of life that it's not good enough? Systems, structures, empires. Empires. When you go back and look at why the early Christian church was so persecuted, it's because the empire did not like the fact that someone began teaching that everyone is valued, there is no system, <laughs> one is not greater than the other, one race of people is not greater than the other, one religion is not greater than the other, that all humanity is loved and that's how we should treat one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. And as soon as that message started going out, what happened? Persecution. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, just maybe, the American church should reflect on that. Because I hear a lot of folks in the American church saying that they're persecuted and they're not being persecuted. They're just being held accountable for the dumb things that they've been doing for the last hundred years. And it's all starting to catch up. That was a soapbox, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what really hits me this morning is that I need to wake up to this resurrection life. That I need to understand that it's a part of my day in, day out thing. That this is what Christ has called me to. Christ has called me to resurrection life, eternal life, to walk in, live in, and move and breathe. Differently, to no longer walk under a, a system of death, but to awaken to my true identity, who I really am one who has been resurrected, one who has been brought back to life, one who is valued and loved, and now is on a mission to value and love life, all life. My neighbor, the street cats, we have like nine street cats on our street in our neighborhood. That's life to be valued. The trees, everything that's around us, we've been asked to steward it. Live life. Walk in it. Be it. So my encouragement to you today is you may feel like you've walked through a swamp. You may feel like you're stuck. You may feel like that. You're surrounded by death. But know this life is here, right now, for you. Your resurrection morning is here. Your story is attached to this story, the story found in John chapter 20. He is risen, yes. And he asks you to follow him In that risenness. Is that even an English word? (laughs) I don't know. He asked you to take part in this resurrection. Come and follow me. Take part in this resurrection life. Love your neighbor. Feed the hungry. Clothe the naked. Embrace the unloved. Take the energy that you feel in this day. Right, Take the energy that you feel in this season. We've been talking about spring for like the last four weeks. right? We had the spring equinox, and then you had the full moon, and then you had uh, Passover, and, and, all, and then we had Holy Week leading up to this moment, the resurrection. All of them screaming this message of new life, resurrection, walking away from the dead cold spots and stepping into the new. There's all this, it it doesn't take long, and if you're like, I don't feel it, then take your shoes and socks off, walk outside in the grass, it's a nice day today if you live on the East Coast, stick your feet in the grass, close your eyes and just stand there for a second and feel what's happening around you. Smell that new grass that's growing. If you're like me, my grass is growing and I need to cut it. (laughs) If you planted a garden, you're starting to see things sprout from the ground. Recognize the energy, the, the things that are happening around you. That's just creation crying out. Life is here, and it's for you. It's for you. So, here's how we're going to close today. If you got stuff going on, listen, I get it. you got stuff going on. You feel like you're completely surrounded. Maybe you feel like you're in this moment where death is overcoming you. Maybe you've even had some thoughts. You know what I'm talking about. You've had some thoughts to succumbing to those things, succumbing to that death that surrounds you, and maybe even thought about, you know, ending it. I'm not trying to get heavy this morning, but I just want folks to understand that there's help. There's hope. And you can reach out. You can talk to us. Send us a message. We'd love to talk to you. But I also want you to know that there's professional help that you get. It's something that I'm trying to slam home this year, Uh, because the church for so long has mocked and made fun of therapy and counseling and called people weak for doing it, and it's a bold-faced lie. The fact is that this is the beautiful part of the resurrection and creation, and this whole story is healing and inner healing and healing in our mind. And Sometimes we need to talk to someone who's been trained to do that. And so later on, I I I will post in the comments a set of links that you can call you can talk to and, and seriously if you are thinking some things because it's always rough around this time it's always rough around holidays and if you've gone through any spiritual trauma and abuse because of past things where you've been in a church that's been abusive or done things and our leadership that's taken advantage of you and all that i get it you get to this time you get to this season and all the shame and all the anxiety and all that stuff stirs up in you because maybe you're not doing all the stuff that you used to do in the past i get it i felt the same thing this week and you feel worthless and shameful, and you. I get it. <laughs> but can I tell you, that's, that's not how uh, Christ sees you and feels about you, and He wants you just to breathe and take a break. But if you need to talk to someone, I'll have the links there and you can check them out. Secondly, I do want you to know that we value you and we love you, even though some of you we've never met before. You know, this thing has grown, like, we're constantly talking to people from all over the country that have connected with us in this message, and it's so awesome. And even though I, I maybe we've never met in person, I want you to know, my family and those of us that connect in Hope Community, we do value you. And And, and if you want to connect with us more, we got some ideas and some stuff coming up. Uh, Next month that I'm really excited about things that you can kind of join and take part of and and actually do what we do here, where you're at, around the table, in the backyard, safely, uh, you know, online, whatever. But we continue to have these conversations and these talks with our neighbors and our friends so more people can experience this life and this love and wake up from the junk that they've been given for so long. That's had them bound up and controlled and and hurting and and piling more stuff on top of them. That's not how we were intended to live. We're intended to be free. And so there's some things that we're going to talk about next month of ways you can connect and, and, and kind of join in with that right where you're at, wherever it may be. We're excited about that. Uh, so uh, I want you to know we do value you. Um, we, uh, we do have a place, if you go to our website, wearehopecommunity.com. If you like to give in to what you are doing, I don't talk about this because I always forget about it and then I feel like, eh, I don't really want to pressure anybody. But uh, somebody said you should just give people the opportunity. So I'm doing this now. If you'd like to give, there is a space on our uh, website that you can go to. It just says give. If you click that green button, it'll take you to a place. In two or three seconds, you can, you can give in to what we're doing uh trying to get this message out and I just want to say you thank you ahead of time if you do that um but other than that guys I hope you have a great easter with your family your friends wave at your neighbors if if you're going wherever you're going maybe take them an easter egg you don't have to tell them anything just let them know that you you care that you're there uh take them some candy whatever take them a bunny rabbit <laughs> you know a chocolate one maybe And just let them know, hey, I care for you. We we care for you. We're here. We're in this together. Hope is here. Be a part of the hope rebellion. Everything around us is so cynical and angry and mad and, and all this stuff. But you rebel against all that and you bring hope. Be a part of the hope rebellion today. All right? Thank you guys for hanging out with you. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us today. We will see you uh, maybe sometime this week. We can do some more stuff, all right? Talk to you later. Have a great day.